From TubeCityOnline.com, this is Two Rivers 30 Minutes, a weekly series of interviews with people making news around the McKeesport area. Produced by Tube City Community Media Incorporated, a nonprofit corporation. I'm Jason Toger, the executive director. On this show, we talk one-on-one with elected officials, community leaders, and others who are trying to make a difference in the Monyoc area. And we also take your questions and comments on Facebook and Twitter at Tube City Online. Kevin G. Barks is a software publishing system designer. He's a blogger. He's a writer. He has been, we were just talking off the air, uh, a veterinary assistant, a newspaper reporter, a photographer, an editor, a typesetter, a systems manager, a management consultant, and a software support engineer. He writes the highly popular KGB Report. You can find that at kgbreport.com, uh, also on Facebook. Uh, KGB, obviously, because of your past career as a Russian spy. Yeah, well, it's obvious I have difficulty holding a job. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he lives in the South Park area. He's the author of two two books now. Right. The, the first la- one's out of print. But okay. This one. The latest one is the big book of American political quotations, uh, over 2,400 observations on America, government, politics, parties, elections, and other light subjects. Thanks for uh, joining us today. I appreciate the invitation. Uh, KGBreport.com. You were telling me off the air your first job was at the Dravosburg Veterinary Clinic. How old were you? I was uh, 16. Okay. I graduated from high school. That was the first job that I got through a friend, whose mother was related to Dr. Palkovitz. Mm-hmm. And I worked there for about six months, and then from there I went to the newspaper. So as I said, you know, I learned how to do stool specimens, and I went into journalism, and there is a sort of a connection there. Oh, sadly there is. Yeah. Sadly there is. You were the, if I remember correctly, the youngest newspaper city editor in Pennsylvania? I believe so. Okay. No yeah. one's challenged it, and I... <laughs> I honestly don't think anyone other than Earl would let an 18-year-old edit a daily newspaper. You're thinking Earl Whitpen. Correct. The late Earl Whitpen. Uh, mm-hmm. What newspaper was that? That was the Daily Messenger in Homestead. So the Daily Messenger in Homestead is no longer there. We talked to um, uh, the, the lady who owns the Valley Mirror a while ago, and I think she started at the Braddock Free Press, which would have been uh, right across the river, another newspaper that's no longer there. Uh, but tell us about the Daily Messenger. How old were you when you took that job? I was 17. That's pretty I, precocious. Well, yeah. I uh, got under the skin of a lot of people at that age. But uh, Earl Whitpen, who had coincidentally gotten his first job in newspapers, he was 17, and he had a job working the as a sports reporter for a newspaper in West Virginia. I tried to get a job from him earlier. He said, now you're too young. Come back when you're 17. So... <laughs> Anyway, I'm there holding dogs and doing stool specimens, and in the back of the Daily Messenger, there's a classified ad for a reporter slash photographer. And the my school teacher's mother, I said, "Well, I'm not qualified." You know, he, she says, "Look, the worst they can do is say no. Go ahead, go down." So I went down there, and as I was going up the you, steps, you, you lived in Homestead. I lived in Homestead. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, so as I was going up the steps, Earl. Whitpen was coming down, and he remembered me because he took me out to lunch because I had written the high school column for mm-hmm. the messenger. And he says, what are you doing? I said, well, I saw there was an ad in the paper for a reporter photographer. I thought I'd you know, throw my hat in the ring. And he said, how old are you now? I said, 17. He says, all right, that'll work. <laughs> took me upstairs, introduced me to Ralph Katanik, who was the city editor at that point. He says, Ralph, I got your reporter here. So, uh, 
you know, I went from the... Was this a full-time job then? Oh, yeah. This you was, just, had you graduated from high school yet? Yeah, I graduated from high, I graduated from high school when I was 16. Okay. 1971, the last graduating class of Homestead before the merger. Okay. Incidentally, if you went to Homestead, forget about getting your high school records because they've right? lost them. Yeah. I had to apply. For, I applied for a job a couple of years ago. Now, bear in mind, I've graduated from high school, you know, 40-some years ago. And these search companies, we can't, we can't uh, validate the fact you graduated from high school. And the way I got around it was I had saved the commencement bulletin where I was the class salutatorian. And fortunately, they had my name there. You know, I mean, quite honestly, I could have totally faked it, but well, they, yeah. they accepted it. You know, so there you go. I couldn't find my high school. I don't know where my high school diploma is. We're talking uh, this morning with Kevin Barks. He's the author of the KGB report. He's also the author of the book, uh, his latest book. Second, your first one was called F the Ineffable, uh-huh. Screw the Inscrutable. <laughs> the second one is called The Big Book of American Political Quotations. You can buy it at his website, KGBReport.com. Writing is not your full time gig, though. No, I'm currently a software engineer. Uh, I've been doing software and software support now for about. 18 years. Uh, however, that career is going to end. I just started working for this company last February, and they're outsourcing a large number of people. What they're doing is they're turning the responsibility for the department over to an Indian consulting service. Okay. And unfortunately, I was not one of the people that they hired. So the end of March, I'm out looking for a job again. But uh, at this point, I'm, you know, I'm going to be 65 in September. And, uh, if it weren't for the fact that my wife has this unreasonable demand that she eat on a daily right. basis. Yeah, I've become used to myself. My creditors certainly have become used to. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I'll find something. You know, it's, it's one of those things where uh, it took me a long time after I left the job in November of uh, 2015. It took me until February of last year to get a job that paid the same, you know, and uh Again, they say it takes about one month for every year you've had working at a job. Well, in this particular career, that would be 18 years. 18 years takes me up to being almost 66 years old. So, But uh, there are other things I can do. I do some consulting work. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm Long ago, I lost the illusion that I could make a living writing. Uh, Most of us have. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, well, yeah, I, I don't know. I liked your G.C. Murphy book. I thought that was really done well. Uh, I, I, the royalties from the G.C. Murphy Company book um, will enable me to take my wife to Dairy Queen once or twice a year. Well, I've sold tens of copies of this book. <laughs> and let me tell you, actually, it's one of these things where it's just sort of like when you run for president, you got to put out a book. Sure. Okay. Sure. If you're going to go somewhere... If they type your name into Google and they see that you've written a book. You're an author. Yeah, I'm an author. Yeah, there you, you go. Know. Well, I did write. I mean, I, for a long time, I, I wrote after I left the messenger. Incidentally, I, my, my daily newspaper career ended the year you were born. I wanted to go, I wanted to go back to that. I guess you can't get your job back at the Homestead Messenger. Uh, no. And when I left there, I was the city editor and I was making $125 a week. That was good money. Oh, well, that was, no, it wasn't. It wasn't good money then. But, so it's not good money now. No, it definitely isn't. But, uh, the messenger put out six issues a week, but I also edited the Squirrel Hill News and the East End Tribune. So here I am, I'm 19 years old, and I'm putting out eight newspapers a week. So uh, that was that was a fun experience. I My son, he works as a researcher, an investigator for a company now, but 
he his first job out of college was for the Latrobe Bulletin. Sure, yeah. And he spent a year as a general assignment reporter, and it was the same thing for me. I think that was probably the best. If I if I didn't need to make a living, I would love to be a reporter, but. Even that kind of reporter doesn't exist anymore. That 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 kind of experience um, can serve you in a lot of different careers, I think. Uh, Kevin Barks is our guest. He's the editor of the KGB Report. He's the author of the book, The Big Book of American Political Quotations. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. Uh, you can get copies of that at uh, Kevin's website, kgbreport.com. You or can also... you can get it on Amazon. And in fact, if okay. you if you have Kindle Unlimited, you can get it for free. It's you, part you, of your normal subscription. It's a Kindle version. But so. you won't autograph it, though. Uh, yeah, send me your computer. Okay. I'll write on the screen. You're right on the uh, screen. Whatever. Uh, and it, I will say, as I said about a magazine that I used to edit, this is perfectly sized to fit on the shelf in the most important room of your home. That's, I have a copy there. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. It fits very. It would fit very nicely there. Uh, what was the Homestead Messenger? That was a six day a week paper. Five yeah, it was six. Week? It was six days a week. What was the What was the uh, What was the journalism like in 19, early 1970s? It was well. It was it was fun. Okay, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, the, the thing is now you have uh, fact checkers. Mm-hmm. Well, that was my job. Okay, mm-hmm. you know, as a reporter, but ty- typewriters and uh, oh yeah, yeah, we're yeah. talking old manual royal typewriters, uh-huh. and you type on paper that was actually newsprint that was cut down to eight and a half by eleven size. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love the smell of a newspaper. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a certain people who who don't have never worked for a newspaper. I think can't appreciate that odds combination of newsprint and ink and typewriter oil mm-hmm. you know there's something about it i mean you walk in there and you actually feel like you're in a newspaper but uh it was uh it was it was very interesting what was interesting was the fact that today i mean nixon ruined politics for everybody but back then for example the big news you go and you talk to the mayor of one of the small towns and you ask him about the quote numbers problem Illegal numbers, which is yeah. a joke because yeah. everybody, my grandmother played the numbers every day, a penny every day, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, but, uh, and he would tell you, yeah, it's a problem because there was, there were one or two bookies who weren't paying off. <laughs> that was the problem. That was the problem. That and Braddock was getting better odds at one point, I think. <laughs> but, uh, the thing was, there's absolutely, there's, you know, the thing was, you know, I'd go and I'd write, I'd tell Earl, Earl, I can't write this. Uh-huh. What do you mean you can't write it? I said, but, Here's, you know, I can't write that the mayor of the town is says the bookies aren't paying off. Well, yeah, you know, there's a crackdown on numbers, but it's on the bookies, you know, for not paying off. He said, "Well, I actually think that here, that's news." So we wrote it, we stuck it on the inside, Uh took the mayor's name off of it, and just said that a local official. Well, if you remember, the messenger had this lovely thing called uh, the Valley Mirror, the newspaper. Mm was actually a front page column in the messenger and it would be things like homestead hannah it was oh, okay. a, it was a front page sort of like gossip column. gossip column where that's where you'd put all your unsubstantiated stuff homestead H- hannah hears that so and so on the school board you know yeah. won five thousand dollars uh which is very good but he won it while he was taking a school district funded educational trip somewhere uh-huh. Uh-huh. you know that type of stuff but uh but it was it was it was a lot of fun. It was interesting. Uh, you got to know the police. Uh-huh. I mean, like today. It, well, you know my yeah. attitude toward police today. Back then, you could. I, I was originally a police reporter, so every morning five o'clock, I get up, I drive to the Homestead Station, uh-huh. West Homestead, West Mifflin, Whitaker, 
Duquesne. I would actually physically drive there, and they would just hand me the, the inbox, blotter, the old blotter book. Yeah, yeah. well, a book, or in yeah. the case of Homestead, you know, they type up the written reports. Yeah. They just hand it to you. You'd sit there and you go through them yourself. Yeah. Now I saw this old episode of Superman from the fifties, The Adventures of George Reeves. And Clark Kent walks up to the steel mill that's closed for the day. I'm a reporter for the Daily Planet. Do you mind if I go in and snoop around for a little bit? Oh, no, Mr. Kent, that's fine. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> but you actually, if you were a local newspaper reporter back then, and you were in the community every day, you did build a good relationship with the mayors and with the councilmen. And people would say, and you were sort of a celebrity. I mean, it's sort of compensated for the fact that you weren't getting paid. That you were getting anything. paid $125 a week. Uh, Kevin Barks is the author of the book, The Big Book of American Political Quotations. You can get it at his website, and you can also subscribe to his blog, The KGB Report, by going to kgbreport.com. We'll be right back. You're listening to Two Rivers 30 Minutes, a production of Tube City Community Media Incorporated. You know, we're looking for help in getting this show on the air and for help with other projects. If you're interested in the McKeesport area and you'd like to host a program or write articles for the website, call us at 412-614-9659 or email TubeCityTiger at gmail.com. Welcome back. Our guest today is author, blogger, software system designer, Kevin Barks. Uh, we were talking about his career as a member of the Wayward Press. Uh, we're also talking about his book, The Big Book of American Political Quotations, which is available from Amazon or from Kevin's website at kgbreport.com. When we took the break, we were talking about the... Uh, the days, the old, the good old days of, of journalism, which I came in on the very tail end of, unfortunately, but, uh, the, the manual typewriters and the smell of the ink and the roar of the grease paint, um, and the smell of the crowd. Uh, you transitioned though for out of newspapering into computers. Was that well, a direct? Well, actually, when Earl Whitpen left the newspaper, he was hired as, uh, County Commissioner Leonard Stacy's assistant. Okay. After a few months, he took me along, and I was the assistant director of the Commissioner's Service Center, which okay. was an apolitical complaint center. Mm -hmm. And the, I was the assistant. The director was Joe Mystic, who... Oh, sure. Okay. That Joe and I go back. Yeah. You know, way go back far. But uh, anyway, uh, I actually had that job. If you recall, Leonard Stacy lost. Flaherty and Pierce came in. Okay. Well, Stacy was a Democrat and Forrester. Forrester he was, was a run, he ran with Forrester. Right. It was Stacy Forrester. They were a team. Yeah. And Dr. Hunt from McKeesport mm -hmm. you know, was a Republican. He's the one that killed Skybus. Yes. Know? So, uh, the, when, when, uh, what happened was they ran as a team, but you add up the totals. And unfortunately, uh, Stacy, you know, came in fourth. So you had the unusual situation where you had Pierce, who was a Republican, mm -hmm. Flaherty, who was a Democrat. And Forrester, who was a Democrat, but Flaherty and Pierce teamed up. Mm -hmm. So Forrester was in the odd position of being the minority Democrat on a majority Democrat Democratic panel. board. Yeah. yeah. But uh, every Thursday after the election, all the directors would go up there and be terrified because Thursday was the board meeting. And that's where you found out whether or not you were signing up for unemployment. And I had prepared this like detailed 50 page report about everything. So I'm All of your activities as right. the assistant director. So this yeah. Thursday morning, I get a call. Uh, Commissioner Flaherty's office wants to talk to you. Be up there at, you know, 9.15. Well, 9.30 is the board meeting. So, okay, they're, yeah. me, they're being nice. They're letting There's me There's going to be a box up there for my stuff. So I went up there, and I didn't actually even talk to Flaherty. I talked to his aide. He says, there are 35 department heads in the county government. You are the only one who prepared a report like this. 
and since he says your office is mainly apolitical, you you know, if you want the job, you can have it. So I stayed there for about another year, but I needed to move on. So I picked up typesetting as an so I was going to say, there's only probably only so many times you can hear someone complain that, you know, their street wasn't paved or the park pavilion at North Park was not painted properly or whatever. My my best, best one was from my motel out on 51 who had complained because he had been shut down because the health department did not approve their use of flexible radiator hose as plumbing, you know, for, for plumbing. And the guy was really livid, and he made actually a very strong argument for the use of this stuff. I mean, stop it. He says, stop it. The thing about it is you put this stuff in your cars. That's hot water under pressure. It doesn't leak. I don't the know why. The health department was not persuaded. They, they were not moved, no. <laughs> so... But those are the kind of complaints that we would get. A lot of what we did was provide information. We did a lot of, this is when the, uh, rent rebate business went into effect. Mm-hmm. The states are giving you rent rebates. So we did a lot of rent rebates. So, uh, but it was. So you, you drifted into typesetting, you said. Yeah, I drifted into typesetting. I went into business with a guy. I think we may have to, uh, define even for the listeners what typesetting means. We're talking with, uh, Kevin Barks. He is the author of the KGB report. His latest book is called The Big Book of American Political Quotations. You can find it on Amazon, uh, or at his website, kgbreport.com. We may have to define for people what typesetting is. Yeah, well, in the dark ages, first typesetting was done with metal. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a, this is Gu- that's Gutenberg. We go, we're going way back to Gutenberg movable, movable type. type yeah. Right. And then we and then mechanical. Line of type. Yeah. Then we went into photographic type mm-hmm. where what the, there was photographic paper and by using a, uh, photographic, a spinning photographic disc mm-hmm. that would, a strobe light would flash on and expose. This the is type. before word processing though. This is before yeah. having Microsoft Word on your computer. This is before having a computer at your house. Right. And Microsoft Word is not typesetting. Let me just. Well, no, sure. Okay. I understand. Okay. It. But, uh, uh, but we, I went into that business. Then I started working for Financial Press in Pittsburgh, which was, uh, a legal financial printer. Uh, there they needed to move from standalone typesetting systems. Uh, I mean, if you recall in the dark ages, you had the first real, popular use of computers were in word processors, mm-hmm. but they, that's all they did. They were word processors. They didn't do anything else. Uh, but we started moving to general purpose computers when they became available and the price was available. So you could have a spreadsheet and a word processing program. And you and a typesetting system yeah. that would work very, very fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kevin G. Barks is a software publishing system designer, blogger, and writer. He will soon be available, I understand. Uh, April 1st. Uh, April 1st. He'll be available. It's no, no fooling. Um, if you are looking for a uh, computer systems manager in the Pittsburgh area, uh, his book is called The Big Book of American Political Quotations, but you may know him better from his, uh, what I think was a newsletter originally, and is now a blog. Now it's a blog, and actually I spend most of my time on Facebook now. Okay. Uh, at KGBReport.com. We will be back in 30 seconds to wrap things up here on Radio 81 WEDO 1550 and 101.1 WZUM, the Pittsburgh Jazz Channel. Internet Radio, WMCK.FM and TubeCityOnline.com. Stay tuned. We'll be back. You're listening to Two Rivers 30 Minutes. Support comes from the readers of TubeCityOnline.com and the Tube City Almanac. And we thank them for their support. If you'd like to contribute, please visit our website, call us at 412-614-9659, or email us at tubecitytiger at gmail.com.
Welcome back. Our guest for a few more minutes is Kevin Barks. He is the creator and author of the KGB Report. He's also the author of the book, The Big Book of American Political Quotations. We've been talking about his career in uh, journalism, uh, in politics, and in computers since early 1980s? Uh, yeah, about 82. I actually taught myself computers with the Radio Shack computers. Which a lot of people did. Moved up to Deck Vax computers. Okay. Uh, for about 10 years, I wrote a monthly column called DCL Dialogue for uh, Deck Professional Magazine, back in the days when you had large controlled circulation mm-hmm. magazines. Uh, then from that, I just my computer consulting business was very busy. Then in 2000, after the bottom dropped out of a lot of stuff, I ended up going and working for a, a Chicago software company that was the producer of the composition software. That I, I was the only one who actually owned a license for it because I used it in my own business. Yeah. I paid 75 and the license was 75,000. Yeah. So we're talking, you know, professional stuff here. But also in the eighties, I ran a computer bulletin board system, the old kind where you dial in. Oh yeah. And if you recall, you dial in after you put in your username and password, you'd normally get a little, you'd get a, what was called a fortune cookie. A little quote would come up Mm -hmm. and you get into a competition with other sysops, uh, about, uh, you know, who has the biggest quote file. So back then in, in, in the mid eighties, I started accumulating them. I think right now on my website, which has this, has over 50,000 quotations and they're searchable. Okay. Uh, I use that all the time. People think that I'm very quick witted and I come up with, you know, very fast responses to things. Actually, all I do is I go to my own website and type in a few keywords into the quote searcher and I'll come up with something. But what I've done is I've, I went through and, took out all of the politics-related quotations mm-hmm. from that big, you know, 57,000-quote file and put those in book form. There are no, Donald, there are no quotes about Donald Trump or made by <laughs> Donald Trump in that book. So if you're worried, so, so if you're worried you've got a relative who either hates Donald Trump or loves Donald Trump, you don't have to worry. You're it's Trump-free. Right. Okay. Now, if you're a fan of, of George Bush, you're in trouble, but... Uh, well, it's George amazing. Bush is, is quoted in here, and there are quotes about him. William Henry Harrison, William Kunstler, a dog is like a liberal. He wants to please everybody. A cat really doesn't need to know that everybody loves him. Yeah. There's, uh, there's a lot of them in there. And the amazing thing about them is if you cover up the originator of the quote, it doesn't make any difference. Many of them are still applicable even though they were uttered 200 years ago. Giving, giving money, this is, this is actually one of my favorites. I remember this quote. Giving money and power to government is like giving whiskey and car keys to teenage boys. Yeah, PJ O'Rourke. Yeah. Yeah. PJ O'Rourke is really strange in that he's a conservative, but he started out in the seventies writing and being the editor of the National, National Lampoon. Lampoon. And even though he is a conservative, he is a conservative who is open to conversation. This yeah. is not, I have noticed this is not indexed though, is it? Well, so it's, it's meant to be sort of dipped into yeah, and read. I I thought about putting in. I thought about gener- well topic generate, topic well, index. The, pro- whatever, the yeah. problem is in generating an index, uh, it, it's difficult to do because you have to go through twenty four hundred and say, I've well, done it. I know. Yeah, well, you know, is this yeah. Democrat? Is this Republican? Yeah. How do I? Where do I classify this? And I also didn't want this to be perceived as being a scholarly type work. Mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't want to have to go through and put references in. Uh-huh. You know, and I ran into a problem because like there are a lot of quotes that people think people said and they didn't. 
Okay. For so how, exact- yeah. So you had, how did you source and, and verify some of this? Especially Mark Twain. A lot of stuff gets attributed to Mark Twain that Mark Twain never said. Well, actually, you can go to there are a number of websites that are dedicated to Mark Twain, and they do have. Uh, quote investigators. Right. Yeah. Or you can go in. Well, like, and not only that, you have some people for perhaps one famous quote is a billion here, a billionaire. Sooner. Pretty soon you've got real money. That, right. that was, was that Proxmire? That was Ever Dirksen. Dirksen. Okay. okay. That's who it's attributed to. Okay. But Dirksen, if you go on Wikipedia and you read his entry, he didn't say that, but he liked it. So he didn't use it. You know, and the other one, I guess, is Yogi, you know, Yogi Berra. You know, he didn't say all the things he was supposed to have said. Right. You know, uh, a lot of these are difficult. And if you go in there and you find a quote and you think, oh, I know so-and-so said this, you'll see, I, I marked it as either being attributed, attributed in uh-huh. quotes, or it'll say various, uh, you know, various sources, uh, because there are a lot of quotes, usually the most, like Eleanor Roosevelt's quote, like, no one can make, make you, you feel, feel inferior like, without your consent. And she yeah. didn't say that. What did she actually say? She didn't, I don't know, but she didn't say she that. She didn't say that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she said a lot of great stuff. <laughs> my favorite my favorite one is that uh, she, they, somebody named a rose after her. Okay. And the description was, not good in bed, but does well up against the wall. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a quote from, I mean, Eleanor Roosevelt herself. Uh-huh. You know, that's a quote from her. But I, I thought that... Uh, <laughs> Some people are. What's your, what's your, what's, what, what are some of your other favorites that are, that are in here? I think the one that's attributed to Napoleon, which I think is most applicable today, is never attribute to malice that which can be blamed on stupidity. Yes. Okay. But yes. then again, one of my quotes is sufficiently advanced stupidity is indistinguishable from malice. <laughs> okay. Because if you are, in fact, that stupid, you're being maliciously stupid. You're being intentionally stupid. Another one I like is, uh, well, I mean, that's the, the one that... Uh, Will, Will Durst, the only time that you can believe a politician is when he says his opponent is a lying thief. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a variation that Jay Leno has, which says that it's sad that the only time you can believe a politician is when he's confessing to a crime. <laughs> you know, or he said, or Leno also said politics... You know, from the Greek poly meaning many and ticks meaning bloodsucker. <laughs> so, uh, there, are, there, some of them are, some of them are funny and some of them are serious. You, I have a quote here from FDR. The ultimate failures of dictatorship cost humanity far more than any temporary failures of democracy. Right. There's a lot, you know, I, it's a shame that our current chief executive doesn't read. I'd uh, send him a copy of this and see what he steals and says he came up with. Not many people know this, but uh, <laughs> that's 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 right. I've yeah. been hearing a lot of good things about Frederick Douglass. He's yeah, doing yeah, he's, he's doing, doing good work. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what's with Lincoln? You, by the way, did you know Lincoln was a Republican? I've heard that. Yeah, okay. I've, I've heard that recently. That just happened. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that one I can't repeat from John Lecaire. Uh, but uh, Europe was created by history. America was created by philosophy, Margaret Thatcher. Right. So there's this, this does span from liberal conservative. It's, 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 it's a mix. So people About are going to find al- something that no matter where you fall on the political spectrum, they're going to find something they like. I am kind of rough on libertarians. I mean, and, and the, I, I really deliberately tried to balance it out, but nobody has anything good to say about libertarians. Well, you know? but, okay. But we were just about out of time here, but, um, 
you, you quote P.G. O'Rourke, and I think O'Rourke considers himself a libertarian. Well, you know, a, a libertarian is basically somebody who's made it and doesn't want any, and then he, he just wants to maintain the status quo. You know, the, uh, I've always felt like libertarianism is sort of like a jetpack. It sounds like a great idea, but you just can't get it to work properly, you know? <laughs> well, and where, where is my flying car anyways? Yeah. Are you, are you, you're working on another book? I'm toying with it. Uh, although I'm trying to, I can't remember the author's name. It just, I just came across it and it's going to be actually the, uh, the head of the book. It's going to say, your life would not make a good book. Don't even think about it. So and I might do a, an autobiography of sorts, but uh, okay. it'll require some embellishing, I think. Okay, well, we'll look forward to that, and we'll have you back. Actually, you're welcome back anytime you like. Well, you know where I am. Uh, the Big Book of American Political Quotations is available uh, on Amazon or on uh, Kevin Bark's website, kgbreport.com. You can also find him on Facebook at KGB Report, and uh, you, you are still blogging regularly. My blogging software died, so most of the blogging actually goes... But you've got an extensive archive that oh, goes yeah. back almost 20 years. Oh, yeah. I go back to the previous century. Okay. So. <laughs> there, there, there we go, Kevin. Mm. Thank you so much for coming in to talk with us today. I appreciate the invitation. Thank you. And thank you all for listening today to Radio 81, WEDO, 1550 and 101.1, WZUM, the Pittsburgh Jazz Channel, Internet Radio, WMCK.FM, and TubeCityOnline.com. So long for now. You've been listening to Two Rivers 30 Minutes, copyright Tube City Community Media Incorporated. Opinions expressed on this program are not those of Tube City Community Media Incorporated. Listener support makes this program possible. If you'd like to make a tax-deductible contribution, please visit our website at TubeCityOnline.com and click on the donate link. You can also get a free subscription to this program and other podcasts at our website using Apple's iTunes or Stitcher.com. If you've got a question or comment, we hope you'll write to us. Our address is Tube City Community Media Incorporated, P.O. Box 94, the Keysport, PA, 15134. You can email us at TubeCityTiger at gmail.com or call us at area code 412-614-9659. And you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at TubeCityOnline. Online.